0: Hey, this is Jason Hansen. I'm the lead pastor at Anchor Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope that as you listen, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus to live for Him, to tell others about Him. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you're encouraged. We're in a series called Multiply. Now, Multiply, we started this series back in uh, August of, of last year, um, and we are coming to the conclusion of it. I think we had just have... A couple more sermons left. We we are eager to to, uh, press through this because we have other books of the Bible that we want to get through. But we are talking about multiplication, that God multiplies uh, churches and people through the means of churches and people. That's why the series is called Multiply. He's been doing that through all of Acts, and today is no different. We're in Acts 25 and 26, two chapters. Um, We're we're not going to read the whole thing, uh, but we are going to talk about what this means for us, how we can apply this, what matters here, how we can grow in this text. One thing as I was thinking about this text and I was thinking about how to, how to help us understand it is, is this phrase came to mind, knowing is so much easier than not knowing. Knowing is so much easier than not knowing. Now, some of you guys are sitting here, you know, maybe, maybe as you think about that, you're wondering, what do you mean? Knowing is so much easier than not knowing. What I mean is that there's a reason why we want to know secrets. Because we don't know secrets. And we really want to know secrets. There's something about, you know, I, want, I remember when I was, maybe some, you know, we, we think about this at Christmas time. or We want to know what the present is, right? We want to know there's a secret in that, in that gift. I want to know what it is. I remember being six or seven years old probably. Uh, my, sis, my older sister Jessica, who some of you know, she serves us in Anchor Kids uh, it's wonderful to have her service, but when she was a little older than me, she still is, but when she was eight maybe, I was, think I was six or seven, um, she, she, we were having a birthday party for her, I think it was. Uh, my grandpa was in the hospital, and so we gathered around, and she convinced me to tell her what her gift was. So she, she convinced me to, to let her know, she, she kind of prodded at me, and finally I let her know it's a Snoopy snow cone machine, all right? She was getting a Snoopy snow cone machine and the time came, we we got in there and she opened her gift and she wasn't super excited about it. It was kind of like, thank you, you know, and I think my mom said, I thought you really wanted this, why aren't you more excited? She said, "Jason's already told me what I was going to get. She totally threw me under the bus, right? She cons me, throws me under the bus, I got in trouble, that's just the way that it works. She really wanted to know what was in the gift, because knowing is easier and better sometimes than not knowing you know when it's you know when this actually uh, meets the road the rubber meets the road here because it's easy to to want to know when there's something, and it's easier when it's anticipation there's like an eager anticipation, we just we love a gift we, we really want the gift or something like that it's more difficult when when we we don't know something more serious than that, like a diagnosis that we're waiting to hear back from the doctor on or or if my job still exists after coronavirus America, or uh, if I will ever find a spouse, or if the relationship I'm in is going to make it, and you're just not sure. And And the list can go on and on. The things that cause us to not be able to sleep at night, that we're just, we get worried about, we're anxiety ridden over, we're just so concerned. How are my children going to be? Maybe there's something with your children and you're just thinking, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I really wanna know. I really wanna know these things. And I think sometimes if we, if we can think about today and tomorrow, the difference between living today and, and thinking about tomorrow, it's the, the unknown tomorrows can paralyze us today. Unknown tomorrows can paralyze us today, can cause us to freeze up because we just don't know what is on the next horizon. We don't know what's happening. We're concerned. There's, there's troubles and there's trials and there's suffering and there's hardships and, and we just don't know. Sometimes it's not just about a Snoopy snow cone machine that we, we can't wait to get. Sometimes it's about something we actually don't want to hear. An unknown uh, tomorrows they can paralyze us today how how should we live in such a way that we are not paralyzed by unknown tomorrows as we live our lives today i think acts 25 and 26 is going to help us i think paul is going to help us here as he uh, lives his life here in in this season of of acts and acts 25 i think Paul, his experience and what he has to, to show us here in terms of how he thought about life, how he thought about uh, today's and tomorrow's, I think, it can, I think it can help us. I think it, we can benefit from it. Here's what I want you to know today as we think about it. the big idea for this morning is that a, a disciple lives for Jesus today and trusts him for tomorrow. A disciple lives for Jesus today and trusts him for tomorrow. That's what, that's what I want to make sure we, we grasp today. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to read, uh, read some of this text. We're going to jump around, get your, get your you know, eyes ready to jump around a little bit because I'm going to read I'm, I'm already a bunch of, of the scriptures. It's two chapters, but we're going to skip, or skip a few things as well. And then, and then we're going to uh, figure out how we can live it out. We'll break it down, figure out how we can live it out by asking just a couple questions of us, how we can think about today and how we can think about uh, think about tomorrow, so we're going to do that this morning we're going to hopefully be able to walk this out and and apply what the bible says I'm excited to to do this this morning together there's a few of us in this room it's nice to be preaching to more than just uh, as much as I love Mark and Julie and Ben love them to death. Uh, I like to see more faces than that too so it's great to have more of you guys in this room uh, right now to do this so let me let me read i'm going to begin reading in chapter twenty five Verse 1, and then we'll, we'll jump around a little bit. We'll skip around some together, all right? Acts chapter 25, verse 1. Now, if you remember, before I start this, that was a, was a false start. Before I start this, Paul has been in prison now for a couple of years. He's a Felix, who was, the, who was the man here in charge of, of civic duty with the Jewish people in Judea and finances uh he has Paul here. And he's really keeping Paul here because of a, of a political move. It's a, it's a move that's going to benefit him. He doesn't want to unrest with the Jewish people. He's, it's going to benefit him politically. And so he's going to leave him. He's left him here. He's left him here. Sometimes we can feel like this too. You know, sometimes a reputation matters to some people more than uh, what's right. And here Felix has this uh, he's this thing going on where he just has reputation and, and he doesn't want uprising and so he just leaves Paul in prison and here's what we read in chapter 25 verse 1. Now three days after Festus had arrived in the province, Festus took over for Felix. He went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea and the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul And they urged him, asking as a favor against Paul, that he summon him to Jerusalem, because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way. So they they were saying, hey listen, you really want to do us a favor, Festus? Why don't you just send him to Jerusalem? We'll take him out, no problem. This is what the Jewish people were wanting to do to Paul. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea and that he himself intended to go there shortly. Notice he doesn't say, no thanks. He's like, no, I'll go see what happens. So, so said he, let the men of authority among you go down with me. And if there's anything wrong with the man, let them bring charges against him. After he stayed among them not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And the next day he took his seat in the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. And when he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. Paul argued in his defense, neither against the law or the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I committed any offense. I haven't offended anybody here. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, do you wish to go up to Jerusalem? Ah, there it is. All right, I'm going to do you guys a favor. Political move. I'm going to send him. look, I'm going to ask him to go to Jerusalem. You guys take him out on the way. We'll work together here. And now I'm in the good graces of the Jewish people that I have to deal with civically and financially. Should, do you wish uh, to go up to Jerusalem, he asked, and there be tried on these charges before me. But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourselves know very well. If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to the charges against me, no one can, can give me up to them. I appeal to To Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, to Caesar you have appealed. To Caesar you shall go. He's heading to Rome. He's going to have to go before Caesar. Now when some days had passed, Agrippa the king and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. Do me a favor, just skip down to verse 22. By the way, Agrippa... Was the, he was in the Herodian line, he was one of Herod's grandsons, and he's the king. And Bernie, Bernice is his sister, they're kind of ruling together as Herodian kings here in this area. And this is Agrippa in verse 22. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear the man myself. Festus had just explained all these things to, about Paul to Agrippa, and he said, I want to hear him myself. Tomorrow, said he, you will hear him. So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp, and they entered the audience hall with the military tribunes and the prominent men of the city. Then at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. So here's Paul just talked to Festus. Now he's talking to Agrippa. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man about whom the whole Jewish people petitioned me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. But I have found that he had done nothing deserving death. And as he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to go ahead and send him. But I have nothing definite to write to my lord about him. therefore, I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after we have examined him, I may have something to write, for it seems to me unreasonable in sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. And so Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand, and he made his defense... Now flip, flip over to, to chapter 26 in the end. go down to verse 21 and we're just going to read the rest of it here. Paul makes a defense. He tells everything that happened to him that he is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles and he wishes them to be saved. And we read here in verse, uh, verse 21. Let me find it here. I don't have my glasses on. For the reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. For this reason, because I was trying to preach to the Gentiles. To this day, I have, to, I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king rose, and the governor and Bernice, and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, This man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. There's a lot of text. There's a lot here. I didn't want to read it all. It was just a, a small portion of it. There, there's really two things that I want you to grasp from this in terms of is we understand trusting the Lord for today. And then, uh, I mean, sorry, living for him today and trusting him tomorrow. The first is this. Paul's daily mission is that all know Christ. I want you to notice Festus. He had heard about Jesus. I didn't read it, but there's a section where he says, and he's talking about something about the Jewish people and this man, Jesus, he rose from the dead. Festus had heard, and he tells Festus even later, and now he's talking about uh, to Agrippa. We read it right here where he preached the gospel. to. He wanted, he wanted Agrippa here in this meeting to know Christ. And it seems like the, everybody knows this is Paul's message. I mean, the Jewish people, they were looking to kill Paul because he kept talking about Jesus. He kept talking about Jesus and how he wanted the the Gentiles to know Jesus and how the Jews needed to understand who Jesus was. Listen, Paul's mission was to, to have people, everybody he interacted with, know Jesus. It was to look at Silas and Timothy and to disciple them as Christians to know Jesus deeper. It was to go to Agrippa and Festus and the Jewish leaders and to tell them about Jesus Christ because he wanted them to know. It was his daily mission that all would know Christ. This is Paul's mission. His daily mission is that everyone would know Jesus. Paul is living for Jesus today. Paul is living for Jesus every day. It is the most important thing to him. You know uh, know that we we often um, talk about the things that we we, uh, love the most. As a matter of fact, I think we could say this, and I think it would be true. We will talk the most about what we care about the most. We're going to talk the most about what we care about the most. Think about your life. What do you talk about the most? We'll talk about the most what we care about the most. Remember when Tiffany and I were new uh, parents? We were trying to get into rhythms of having date nights regularly even though we had kids so we were trying to find babysitters which was new to us and is brutal, like to try and line up babysitters. That's a really hard thing to do. It's almost a second job, actually, for you know, for some of us. But we, but we were starting to go on these dates, and we had to make a rule at some point that we, we was a no-kid discussion zone on our dates because we would talk about the kids all the time. We would just, you guys know, some of you guys have kids. Like You wind up talking about your kids all the time, and we thought, we actually need to spend intentional time not talking about the children, though we love them, but we talked about them because we, that was all of our life at that point. Our whole life was children. It was diapers and making sure they didn't die. Like that was what we were trying to do all the time, right? We were, that, was, that was our mission. And so we talk about them all the time. We said on our dates, let's make this a no-kid discussion zone because we need to work on us. We want to make sure we don't lose us. So we want to make sure that we, we don't lose that. And so we had to make that a discussion point. Listen, what do you talk about the most? In that moment, we, we cared the most about our children making sure that they were living, what do you talk about the most? Because I think if we look at Paul, the reason Paul talks about Jesus the most is because he cares about Jesus the most. And I think that, I think that as people heard him, they, they got that. He wanted Jesus' name to be lifted up so high. It was his mission. Every day Paul woke up, he thought, I need to tell someone about Jesus. I need to, I need to make sure they know That was his daily mission, but he also had a daily trust. Paul's daily trust was that God was working out tomorrow. Not that God was working out tomorrow, but that God was working out the situations of tomorrow, that God knew he wasn't lifting weights. He knew about tomorrow. God, Paul trusted in the moment that tomorrow, God knew what was going to happen. God knew what a diagnosis was. God knew what was going to take take place here. God knew about the relationship that was going to happen or not happen. In Paul's case, God knew what was going to happen to him when he got to Rome. As a matter of fact, if you you think back, this is not too long ago, in chapter 23, verse 11, you can flip there just to make sure I'm not lying to you. God tells Paul that he is going to go to Rome. Listen, you're going to be in Rome, so don't worry about this here. I'm going to make sure you, you're going to testify about me in Rome like you did in Jerusalem. Which I think is one of the reasons why he appeals to Caesar. Look, what do I have to lose? I mean, I'm going to be in Rome anyway. Might as well appeal to Caesar. But then we, we, we read here at the end of this text. Did you catch it at the end of this text? The very last verse that Agrippa says to him, Hey, listen, uh, it says to Festus, uh, Paul could have been set free except the fact that he appealed to Caesar. See, once he appealed to Caesar, he had to go to Caesar. But man, if Paul hadn't appealed to Caesar, then he wouldn't have had to go. Man, this is all Paul's fault. If Paul hadn't done something so stupid as to appeal to Caesar, then he never would have actually been in this situation. He would have been free to go share the gospel more in Jerusalem and to tell everybody about him here. Now he's still in prison. This is bad. We can actually look at this and think, Paul messed up. Paul Paul messed this up here. This wasn't the way that it could have gone. It could have gone totally differently if Paul had made just one different decision. Then he he wouldn't have been in this situation. It would have been over. And we, I think, miss the irony. Because the irony here is that Paul did appeal to Caesar, which is where God wants him, which is why he's going and still in chains. See, I think sometimes, church we can think about decisions we make in life that are not moral decisions. Look, we know for a fact that murder is a moral command of the Lord. You shall not murder. So we know that that's not God's will for us. We know that that's not how we should walk. But I think sometimes we think about other decisions that we make. Like, should I appeal to Caesar? Should I not appeal to to Caesar? We make decisions like this and we think if we make the wrong one, it's like we're playing Jenga. Like, I'm gonna gonna see, is this the right decision? I, I don't know, I'm gonna... I' going to push the thing out and pull it, and all of a sudden the Jenga pieces crumble and we just blew our lives, like somehow we just thwarted all of God's plans. Man, if I just had made a different decision, God's plans wouldn't have been ruined for me, and now my life is a disaster and a wreck. Let me just let you into something right here. You cannot thwart God's plans for you. I've heard someone say, "Life is not like our relationship with the Lord and how we live life is not like God puts us in a maze and says, "Good luck." Hope you don't turn right when you're supposed to turn left, because if you turn right, then you're gonna be at a dead end, and then you're, I can't work in your life. Listen, God knows your life. God's ordained your tomorrows. Decisions we make, they they do they do impact, but God uses all those. God actually directs our steps, we read in the scriptures. God's on the move in our lives, God's working in our lives. We cannot thwart God's sovereign, overarching plan for us. We make decisions with wisdom the best that we can in community with the scriptures, and then we trust the Lord as we walk forward. We don't want the tomorrows and the the thoughts about tomorrows to paralyze us today because Paul's mission today was look, I don't know. I'm here before these guys. I'm going to preach the gospel to them, and I'm going to appeal to Caesar. And it doesn't matter that Agrippa says, hey, if he hadn't appealed to Caesar, then we could have just let him free. It doesn't matter. And you know what? It didn't matter to Paul either. Paul didn't care. Paul knew that God was moving him and working in him. Paul's just living today for the sake of his Savior, Jesus Christ. Trusting God for tomorrow. Trusting God's going to work all those things out. Look, we don't feel that because we live in today. Right? If we we had the ability to step back and look at tomorrow and look like a year from now, And see what God was gonna ultimately do through this painful situation and through this life situation, I think it'd be easier because we'd be able to look and say, Well, I know at the end of the day, man, this really I know God's gonna do this in me, so I'm gonna go through this, and I have a lot of faith. Listen, we can still live like that. You know why? Because either we don't know what tomorrow is, God knows. And it comes down to whether we trust Him or not. Who do you trust? Trust yourself? Or do you trust him? Listen, Paul lived today for the sake of Christ and he trusted that he, God, had tomorrow taken care of. A disciple lives for Jesus today and trusts him for tomorrow. I think this helps us to not be paralyzed today because of what's going to happen or not happen tomorrow, what God's going to do. Listen, God loves you more than you love you. God's got you. God knows. God's directing steps. Sometimes sometimes there's consequences to sin. That's not what I'm talking about. Like sin that we commit does have consequences in our lives. Look at Jacob, for example. Go back and read the story of Jacob and his circuitous path to understanding and faith in God for who God was. Recognize that. Listen, sin affects uh, the, the, the paths that we take, not because God doesn't know, but just because we, it affects relationships and things like that. But when we deal with just trusting that the Lord is going to uh, not leave us and not forsake us, I think it, I think it helps us to, to trust him for tomorrow so that we can, we can be free then today to live for him. The question is, how do we live this out? And there's two things that I wanna, I wanna point out. Two questions that I want to ask, that you can ask yourself, maybe in your community group, you can ask maybe some close friends, your spouse, uh, that you can ask one another two things as we think about this text for this morning. The first is this, who am I living for day to day? can ask that, who am I living for day to day? And there's there's a lot of questions like the first one, what do I talk about the most? Maybe some other questions uh, that I've written down here, uh, What do you give most of your time to? Where does most of your involvement go? What do you spend the most resources on? What can you not live without? I think those things actually reveal things about us. And it's just good for us to know, right? It's good for us all to know. Sometimes it's painful to know. Painful to know the answer to these things, but I think it's good for us to know as we answer some of these questions, because here's the, here's the truth of the scriptures and of our world here as we think about this as Christians. If Jesus Christ is the king, if Jesus is the king of the universe, if he is the king of our lives, then what place should he have in our lives? What place should he take in what we're living for day to day? As we think about things like what we think about the most and talk about the most and spend the most on and what can we not live without, we should evaluate that and think where is Jesus here? Because he should be at the top. He should be at the top of the list. And if the gospel is important as we think about it and sinners do need a savior, then he should constantly be on our lips like he was on Paul's lips. We need to make sure we think about this. What, what do you, uh, or who, who am I living for day to day? Who are you living for? Day to day, it's the first question. Don't just gloss over that either because I think this is a massive biblical question. Who are we living for? Question number two. We're about ready to be be done. We'll sing one more song here in a second. Question number two for you. How am I trusting God for tomorrow? Not am I trusting God? Because that's a yes or no answer and that's easier to answer. But but how am I trusting God? In what ways am I actively trusting God for tomorrow? Think about your life. You know your life. Where am I anxious and I don't have an answer and I'm not trusting God for that? Where am I concerned about next year and I'm anxious and I'm worried and I'm not, I've just forgotten to trust the Lord for tomorrow? Where are you trusting him for Tomorrow, because listen, life is scary. Life is unpredictable. We, we, this look 2020, all right? I saw a t shirt the other day. It, it had 2020, and you know, the Amazon five stars, and it had Amazon with one star checked out of five. Yeah, that's kind of how I was I want to buy that shirt, all right? I want to buy that shirt. I understand. Life look 20, this is unpredictable, right? We just heard a couple days ago um, that, that Chadwick Bozeman, who played Black Panther strong. You know, we didn't even know he he died at 43 because he had cancer. No, nobody even really knew he had cancer. He he kept it from his fans. He just I opened up the news. I was like, what? It is it is unpredictable, isn't it? Life. Where are you trusting God for tomorrow? How are you trusting God for tomorrow? One of our one of the things we don't talk about often. We were going to. We're going to probably do a, a teaching on this, but we we have things called called measures. It's just how do we measure our our growth as Christians and, and the living out our values and how do we measure these things. And one of the measures that we, we have is that we want to be those that are following and not just drifting. And a question for us in there is, is what is Jesus calling me to that makes me take a deep breath? You know those deep breath moments? Whew. All right, Lord. I, I don't know what you're doing. I feel like all 2020 has been that for me. Okay, trying to get the live stream up this morning. Okay, (laughs) just trusting you, Lord, like that you know what you're doing, right guys? The band practiced, like this should have been a good set because they practiced like three times through the whole thing because we couldn't figure out how to get the camera to work, all right? Now we got it to work, but it was a deep breath moment. Lord, okay, I'm trusting you. But there's deeper things than that. Again, like we talked about earlier, what is it in your life? Where is God calling you to trust him where it makes you take a deep breath? I'm gonna call the band up here as we get ready to close. Listen, Ray Ortland, he's a pastor. He's an author to this point. Said something once that I think is valuable for us. He just said that often in his, you know, he's had difficult moments in his life that just bring back like PTSD moments for him or moments where there's anxiety. And he mentioned that he, he actually prays uh, reminders to God to not forget uh, forsake his promises. Lord, you promised to never leave me, and I'm going to hold you to it. Lord, you promised that you would be good to me, and I'm holding you to it. Lord, don't go back on your promises. Look, I'm trusting you. Lord, don't go back on your promises. I'm holding you to them. You made the promises. You're faithful. I'm holding you to this promise. You'll never leave me, and I think we can do the same where are you trusting God for tomorrow? Listen, a disciple lives for Jesus today and trusts him for tomorrow. Church, we, we live in a bunch of todays and tomorrows. Today is today, tomorrow will be today, tomorrow. Does that even make sense? We, tomorrow, we will have, we'll start over again. We'll wake up in the morning, forgiven of our sins, living our lives for Jesus Christ. Tuesday, we'll wake up still forgiven of our sins. That has not changed. Our Savior still reigns. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter if we have to wear masks. It doesn't matter if we have COVID or we don't have COVID or we're concerned about it or we're not concerned about it. Those things don't matter. We live wisely in this life. But, and, we, and we do the things that we need to do as, as uh, civilians in this life, but ultimately our trust is not in whether or not these things exist or who's running the country or what's going on in other parts of the world. Our trust is in Jesus Christ, the King. And we have him as our trust and our hope. He is sovereign over everything. And we can trust him. Let's sing one more song together.